Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. I'm Mark Beneventi. Welcome to Life in the Sun. Especially if you're visiting for the very first time or if you're watching us online, we're glad that you're here. And we're trusting that God is going to encourage and strengthen and comfort as we look to his word uh, to see how he can change us so that we can experience the best of life with God. Sound good? Strength, comfort, encouragement. How many of you feel like we could use some of that? You know, this quarantine makes some of us feel like we're in a pressure cooker. And just when we thought things were getting back to normal, there's been an increase in the number of positive cases. Just when some people were feeling a little bit relieved, all of a sudden we're back to being cautious and concerned. It's hard. We had a similar pandemic about 100 years ago in 1918. It was known as the Spanish flu. It lasted two years. One third of the world's population was infected. And out of those who were infected, 10% of those died. Today's pandemic is just as devastating. Our hearts go out to those who lost loved ones and those who are struggling financially. Both plagues are devastating. But with this virus, we have a new phenomenon. With this virus, we have a new level of awareness because in the last 100 years, the media has become a huge influence. Media has a unique influence on our thoughts and on our feelings, even our actions. The media gives the impression that events are more present and more prominent than they really are. We shouldn't minimize the danger. We shouldn't minimize the danger of anything. But at the same time, we shouldn't be limited because we've been influenced to believe that something bad is going to happen. Yes, bad things do happen, but that's different from expecting that something bad is going to happen. And this is my concern about the influence of the media. I'm concerned that our expectations are being influenced. I'm concerned that something other than the word of God is defining your new normal. Yes, bad things happen, but that's different from expecting something bad to happen. Car accidents happen. That doesn't prevent me from driving to work. It just causes me to be more cautious on the road. And as a defensive driver, I'm not expecting to get in a car accident on my way to work. I expect to get to work on time. When it comes to your well-being, I'm concerned that our expectations are being redirected. I'm concerned that our thoughts and attitudes are being influenced by the media more than the Word of God. Media gives the impression that something, more pres something is more present and more prominent than it really is. I'll just use our local situation as an example. As of yesterday, we have 248 positive cases of coronavirus on Guam. 248. If you focus on that number alone, I'm not sure how you respond to that, but keep in mind, context is everything. And the context is this. The population on Guam is 170,000 people. If you do the math, that's about one in every 1,000 people. 
The 248 who tested positive are precious people, and we want God's best for them. And we pray for them, and thank God most of them are going to recover because of a healthy immune system. But the idea that you're going to get it is very remote. Based on the current figures, the chances are about one-tenth of one percent. Now, that doesn't mean that we do, we do stupid things. Yes, we wash our hands, we wear a mask. If you have a health concern or if you're older, you should stay home. It's like defensive driving. Yes, I'm careful on the road, but I don't expect to get into a car accident. I don't expect to get the flu. I can, but I don't expect it. For many people, the numbers may not matter because most people don't operate by statistics. It's very common for us to operate by feelings, which is why I'm very concerned about the influence of the media. Media gives the impression that something is more present and more prominent than it really is. On the screen here, you can see media studies, media psychology, communication theory, sociology, and media influence are all about the effect of the media on our mind, our feelings, and our actions. The media is global and one of the most powerful forces in today's culture. It can change the economy. You don't have to look any further than this pandemic to see it. It can change an election. Consider the role of Twitter in the last presidential election. It can change your views and your beliefs. And if we're not, and if we're not careful, uh, it can also mislead you if you're fed false information. Now, to be fair, the media often serves a great service to our community. We benefit in so many ways by being well-informed. Today, I invite you to focus not so much on the media, but on our response to the media. Not the media, but our response to the media. How do we respond? How do you respond to the news of a global pandemic? How do you feel? What decisions do you make? Why do you make them? And lastly, what are you expecting to happen? Let's pray. Father, your word reveals that the way we think is the way we are. And I ask that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds, especially the mind of our hearts, that place inside where we have beliefs and perspectives and attitudes which determine how we see ourselves and how we see life, and how we see you. I ask that you would transform this part of us, this part on the inside, by your word, your word which is alive and active and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Lord, would you search us on the places, in the places on the inside that need to be aligned with you, with who you are, and what you have promised to us as your children. I ask that by your word you would strengthen and that you would encourage and that you would comfort. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. King David was well acquainted with danger. At the age of 17, he fought and killed a nine-foot giant. 
There was a season in his life when he was on the run. He was being hunted down by a jealous king, and he was being hunted down by an army. There were seasons in his life where he was in hand-to-hand combat with hundreds of men. This is a warrior who is well acquainted with real danger. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote Psalm 91. Beginning in verse 9, If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Notice King David is not making a recommendation. He's not asking a question. He is making a statement. King David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and after years of testing on the front lines of real battle, he said, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Notice he doesn't say you're not going to face evil. He's not saying you're not going to experience evil. He's saying evil will not conquer you and no plague will come near your home. If you study the life of David, you will discover that he knew God intimately. He knew God's love. He knew that God is in control and he knew that God was for him, not against him. King David became one with God for the most part and David trusted him And because David knew the love of God and the power of God, David wasn't afraid even in the presence of danger. If I could highlight one way people everywhere are affected by the media, it's the rising level of anxiety. The rising level of anxiety. Anxiety is a form of fear. Anxiety is a low-level form of fear. The next time you're anxious, I invite you to ask yourself and to ask the Lord, what is it that I'm anxious about? What is it that I'm afraid of? What is this feeling telling me? Fear is one of the primary tools the enemy uses to minimize us. Did you know God created you to grow and to expand? You have to overcome obstacles. To grow and expand requires courage. To overcome obstacles, to overcome difficulty, it takes courage. And all through scripture, God invites us to be courageous. God celebrates courage. But the enemy, he doesn't want you to rise up. He doesn't want you to enter into your destiny. He doesn't want you to enter into your identity. And one of the ways that he prevents us from flourishing is through fear. Fear can cause you to hold back. Fear can cause you to isolate. Fear can cause you to hide. Or fear can cause you to overcompensate. You know, you could come out fighting. You could come out aggressive, loud, because you're afraid that somehow you're not going to get what you need. Or, more subtly, fear can cause you to do the right thing, but for the wrong reason. In the end, fear is draining. Fear is not life-giving. Fear leaves us empty and dissatisfied. But King David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and after years of testing on the front line of battle, he said, if you make the Lord your refuge, 
And if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you and no plague will come near your home. Making God your shelter and your refuge is all about complete trust in the sovereignty and the power of God to protect you. It's all about complete trust. You know, when my nephews were little, Terry and I would babysit, and I'd be wrestling around with the boys, and one day I I decided, he's about three or four years old, I decided to pick him up by his ankle and just kind of hold him upside down. And he was just hanging out there looking at me like, hey, Uncle Mark, what's up? This is fun. (laughs) And so I told his dad, I said, hey, Tony, you know, I picked him up by his ankle. He's not scared at all. Tony goes, no, he's not. That's a picture of complete trust. You know, when life seems upside down to us, can we relax and just look into the eyes of the Lord and say, hey, God, what's next? I trust you're not going to drop me. You're not going to hurt me. You know, the enemy, he might try to drop you. He might try to hurt you, but not God. He's got you, and he'll never let you go. That's a picture of complete trust. Trust is an interesting thing. It's all or nothing. It's kind of like the freezing point of water. Have you ever swam in ice-cold water? Woo, man, that's so invigorating. (laughs) But you get in that ice-cold water, it could be 40 degrees. Man, you know, just get you going. But it's still liquid at 40 degrees. Then you could go down to 39 degrees and 38 and then 35, 34. Still a liquid, freezing cold. You get down to 33 degrees. It's not until you hit 32 degrees Fahrenheit that snap, it begins to crystallize and become a solid. You know, trust is like that. It's either all or nothing. Until you get to that point of complete trust, you could be one degree off in your attitude and in your thinking. If you're just at 33 degrees, all of a sudden, fear begins to creep in. Instead of having this solid foundation of trusting God, it's almost as if there's liquid all around. There's no foundation to hold on to. The ultimate fear is the fear of death. The next time you're concerned about your life, just remember the name of our church, Life in the Sun. It's found in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. If you have Jesus in your life, you will never die. You will never die. You will live forever. Even when life on this side of eternity is coming to an end, you can be at rest knowing that God is holding you and he will never let you go. At the beginning of this message, I said I'm concerned about our response to the media. I'm concerned that our expectations are being influenced by the media. You know, when I first began to experience God, I went to a gathering of believers, and one of the leaders there, he welcomed me at the door, and he said, welcome to the real world. And he was referring to the presence of God. As a son or daughter of the king, you are in the family of God. You are in the kingdom of God. You are under the rule and the reign of God. His presence, his power, and his word is the last word.
I'll close with this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Church, this is your new normal. Sound good? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you that you've not left us alone to try and figure it out, Lord, but you have given us your very presence within as we have received you. And more clearly, you've given us your word, Lord, to reveal yourself, to reveal your kingdom, your ways. Lord, to reveal the way to experience blessing, to flourish, to grow, to expand. And Lord, you said that if we make you our refuge, if we make you the most high, our shelter, that no evil will conquer us. Lord, that no plague will come near our home. And Lord, we declare today that greater are you who is in the world than Greater are you in us than he who is in the world. And Father, thank you that as we resist the enemy and surrender to you, that he will flee. And I pray, God, that every form of fear, even low-level forms of fear like anxiety, I ask, Lord, that in your presence, in your light and your love, you would dispel darkness, that you would dispel the kingdom of darkness, and that you would enable us, your people, to walk in freedom and to walk in victory. And if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to address perhaps some others in the room here today. As you're listening to me talk about experiencing God, perhaps the Lord has been getting your attention lately. And if that resonates with you, if you feel like God has been getting your attention, but you've never actually made a conscious choice or a formal decision to let God come into your life, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. And so if this describes you, um, the most important thing is that you want him, that you desire him, that you make a choice to invite him into your life. And then after that, it's just a matter of expressing it to God, which is what we call prayer. And so what I'll do is I'll pray in a moment, and you can pray along with me. God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And so if this describes you, I have a signal for that, which is if you would simply look up, then when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if you would like to do that, go ahead and look up at this time, and then we'll pray together in a moment. I see you here. Great, both of you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anyone. Oh, yes, right there. Okay, thank you for raising your hand. Okay, let's pray. God, I'm here now. I, I do sense that you've been getting my attention recently. And so I've been kind of searching inside and wondering sense that something is missing and I'm realizing maybe it's you. 
And so today I'm making a choice to open up. And I'm inviting you to come into my life and to be with me. I'm making a choice to let you come in. And if you're praying this prayer right now, I just want to invite you, just in the privacy of your heart, just to go ahead and let his spirit come into yours. Let his spirit of love and forgiveness come and be with you. Just do that by trusting God in his presence and that he's here. This is the moment that he's been waiting for. This is what you are created for, to experience him. And so God, yes, I invite you into my life. And I thank you for Jesus and what he did for me on the cross. Took my place of punishment so that I don't have to and forgave me. And so God, I ask you to cleanse me from, forgive me from all the things I've done wrong. You know what they are. And I ask that you would change me from the inside out. That you would transform me and make me the kind of person that you designed me to be. I ask that you would show yourself to me. Reveal your ways to me. Allow me to experience life according to your original design. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a hand to those who prayed that prayer.